Hello, I'm Patrick Travis, and you're listening to LA Theater Bites Podcast, and I'm here with the creators of The Dragon Show, Nick Ryan, Wall Jones, and Caitlin Schiller. So I checked out your website, and the synopsis of the show reads, cross into another realm and you become part of an epic fantasy tale spanning thousands of years, encounter mystical and whimsical creatures, enjoy songs and festivities, but beware, because here be dragons. Uh, so from this, the only thing I'm really getting is it's a fantasy genre for sure. And there's dragons. What's actually going on story-wise without giving, you know, too many spoilers. Sure. So we have the rare opportunity. There is a tear to another realm that is opened in Los Angeles and humans are being beckoned and called to this inexplicable cut in time to see what's on the other side. Um, because what's on the other side is a realm very much like our own, but beyond our wildest dreams. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a, it's a show that's full of exploration and fantasy and intrigue, and it's quirky and whimsical um, and just really a lot of fun. And we just want to give people a, a, a big playground to especially escape this long two-year <laughs> exhausting pandemic and, and sort of escape and play with fairies and dragons and see what magic is in store. Um, when, you talk, when you talk about dragons and fantasy, like how was this kind of, what's like an example like it was modeled after? Is it like, is it like Lord of the Rings kind of, kind of thing? What kind of fantasy are we talking about here? With your story? Uh, I don't know. How would you describe it, Nick? Well, I think, I mean, we always pull from a wide variety of inspirations. And I know, I mean, this is this is Caitlin's show that she wrote, and I know she's had it in mind for a long time. And I feel like, you know, Caitlin is is steeped in a variety of of uh, influences, you know, from like Disney to Lord of the Rings to Miyazaki to, you know, all kinds of theater and and as well as, you know, our our own immersive experiences. Um, How did you guys come up with this concept um, from the beginning? How did it? How, uh, why, why was dragons even thrown into the concept? <laughs> <laughs> well, dragons themselves are such a uh, anomaly. I mean, they represent so much, but yet they're such a vague creature of mythology. But like in every single culture, we have some sort of a creature that is a dragon that represents this, this fearful, majestic, otherworldly, godly, powerful um, um, story. And and just being able to use that as a conduit to sort of welcome magic back into people's lives and and to make them feel special and seen and to find their own dragon spirit within yourself. Um, Yeah, it's really a a show about seeing the audience and and witnessing their magic and uh, yeah, encouraging them to play with it and speak up for it. Yeah, I think for Caitlin herself, you know, like a a dragon is really... uh, uh, an embodiment of of like empowerment and 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 things like that, and also the idea of exploring, you know, what does it mean to be a dragon? What does a dragon feel? You know, these are things that don't often get explored in in our myths and stuff. Dragons are are sort of a just mysterious kind of you know nondescript creature, and I know Caitlin really wanted to get inside of a dragon and and uh, and show people you know what what uh, what a dragon really experiences. <laughs> What's your, what's, your, what's your favorite uh, dragon story? Do you have a favorite story of a dragon story? Is it Aragon? Or, or, I don't know. There's so many. Stories. Oh, yeah. There's so many. There's yeah. so many. Um, honestly, it's, it's the dragons from uh, video games. 
<laughs> I've played a lot of video games and there was always something about like fighting a dragon. Um, I think the, the scariest one I've ever met, it was uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time and it was the, the fire temple and you have this, this fiery lung dragon that is like exploding out of lava pits and, and, and curling up above you and you're just like, what is this thing? It's amazing and terrifying, but I just love, I just love the look of them. I love, <laughs> I just, I'm just a big, I'm a big dragon nerd. Um, but yeah, but you know, Benedict Cumberbatch's smog was always a huge inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they're they're everywhere. But they're they're both scary and and for young people, you know, they just they just speak to a lot of different demographics and. Um, yeah, and you can express them in different ways too. Like they can be fierce, but then there's other examples of dragons being like very wise or intelligent because they've been around so long. Yeah, do you remember this show called Dragon Tales from like on PBS from way back in the nineties? I, I I never I never watched it. I know of it. I've I've heard the I've heard the name before. Yeah. No, yeah. no. What what about it? Well, no, it was it's just another another aspect of looking at dragons, and that was just like two kids get sucked into this other realm, and there's friendly dragons, and they have to solve problems about friendship and <laughs> getting along and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, they're they're yeah. just prevalent. But I like what's your what's your favorite dragon, Patrick? What's <laughs> oh man, that's 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 a tough one. But I have to say, it's probably was because when I'm growing up, it was one of my favorite car cartoons. Growing up, it was called Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, and that was based. <laughs> you know, they had to get the Dragon Balls together so the dragon, the Eternal Dragon, was Shin Long. Yes. <laughs> I always loved his design and how long he was and how intimidating yeah. he was. Oh yeah, and then he was like the central part of the show. So. That's probably my favorite dragon. Yeah. That's a pretty great dragon. Yeah. Yeah. He can give you wishes. Like yes. definitely. Anything, anything you want. Amazing. Yeah. Actually, I was surprised. What was that uh, that movie? Never Ending Story. For years, I, mm -hmm. I didn't know that he was a dragon. He just looked like a fly. I just took him as a flying dog. Yeah. I, I, he does I, look I, like I, a flying dog. Yeah. yeah it looks like a flying dog. Him. I completely missed when I was younger watching it that they called him a, I guess he was a luck dragon. Mm -hmm. or whatever kind of dragon he was. Um, but yeah, I completely missed the concept of a meat dragon. I was like, this looks like a dragon. This is a cool dog I can fly on. Yeah. <laughs> well, oddly enough, uh, it, it's pretty common for animators to take uh, their design and how to animate a dragon from other animals. Like I know from Hayao Miyazaki's From Spirited Away, uh, Haku, the, the dragon, was actually based on a golden retriever on his, his face and his nose. Um, and just how he bites, like, yeah, it's, it's never, yeah, there's lots, lots of different animals that are, again, put in dragons, because they can just hold so much, they can be anything. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, we did a lot of research on different, like, mythical dragons and stuff, and, you know, not, like, you know, we consider, I think, dragons that we know to be more, like, lizard-based, but there's a lot of other dragons throughout history that, like, you know, maybe it was a lion, or maybe it was another kind of creature, and, like, the hydra and stuff, and all these things that sort of get classified as dragons, that have, I think it's, it's always just like sort of a combination of animal characteristics. <laughs> so I see this isn't your first ordeal in immersive theater. It seems like you've, you guys done quite, quite a bit of this. What's, inter what's interested you in this specific time of theater? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've been, this is, this is like our, I want to say like sixth immersive show, I think, mm -hmm. uh, that, we've, mm -hmm. that we've produced. Uh, we, you know, we both just really, I, and we, we come at it from different places. Caitlin has a huge theater background and I came from uh, film and TV, but, you know, for both of us, I think it's, it's a chance to take those, you know, the 
experiences and the, the genres and stuff that, that, like I said, we're kind of steeped in and make it, you know, take it to the next level in terms of what the audience gets to experience. So it's, you know, sort of a combination of like, you know, putting the audience inside of a play or inside of a movie or, you know, to some extent, like inside of a video game in some ways, uh, just, you know, just inside of a story. And uh, I think w with the uh, with the other shows that we've that we've been to that sort of, you know, formed our influences, uh, that we both had just, you know, these like formative experiences of going to an immersive show and realizing, oh, this is this is an amazing thing that is so unique and so special and I feel like it belongs to me. And mm -hmm. uh, and that's so different than just like, you know, watching a movie or reading a book. I mean, those are great things, but there's an idea of just, you know, having a specific group of people for the audience in the show, you know, on that night. And the show is different because it's that group of people and everyone sort of gets to go home and take that experience with them in a really special way. And I think if you've had that experience as an audience member, and you are creative, I think it's it's highly likely that you'll say, okay, I want to transmit that experience to other people. And I think that's that's our goal. Yeah, yeah, like Nick said, that's that's a beautiful way to put it. Like the show belongs to you as an individual versus, you know, when you go see a regular stage proscenium play, like, you know, you're getting the same controlled story experience as everyone else. And in this way, I think we're, <laughs> we're suckers for a challenge because it takes risk to make a show where you, you can't ensure that everyone's going to have the same experience. But that is what's so delightful about it because you, Patrick, could come to this show and have a one-on-one -on -one with one of the characters and see a side of that character and get a side of their story that, you know, you're not, no one else in the show is going to get, but you're going to have the intimate, lovely moment of the actor being with you and seeing you and, 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 and engaging with you in the space, in the story and how that changes you and uh, lets you make choices that you don't get to make every day in life, you know, in, in sort of this fantastical make-believe place. It's, it's uh, kind of therapeutic, we've found, especially, yeah. yeah, yeah, giving it to others and giving them that experience has been, yeah, we, we, we can't get enough of it, right, Nick? <laughs> yeah, I mean, just the, the ability, and then, you know, as a, as a performer or a producer, getting to, like, in real time, see how people are being affected by your work, you know, with, again, with, with other kinds of, of shows or, you know, or, or stories, like you, you don't necessarily get to really see how people are responding to it. But with a show that you're doing like this, that's so upfront and intimate, uh, you really get to just watch what a person's experience is in it. And that's just really great. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, is there a future where immersive theater is like the norm? Right now, it seems to be immersive theater is kind of like, there's, there's, we still have the standard regular theater that you go and you sit down and you watch it. But, but, and now the immersive theater seems to, I'm starting to see more immersive theater shows pop up, especially if you live in LA or, or a big city or something like that. Uh, you're going to see these pop up more and more. Do you see a future where it is like the normal thing or do you think it will always kind of stay kind of like in a, a, its own special section? Yeah, I mean, I think there, there is more of it uh, these days and there is, you know, like, like any other art form that becomes sort of like hip and popular, it is getting more commercialized in some ways, like, you know, brands are realizing that creating immersive experiences can be a good way to promote their uh, movies or products or whatever. And uh, I think the, like the word immersive has become very buzzy. So like any, yes. anything that people can sort of <laughs> tack onto something that makes it feel more experiential, I think they, yeah. they want to do that. But yeah. in terms of like actual immersive theater uh, that is really just like, you know, a, the kind of thing that we're talking about of, you know, really like a story that you get involved in. I think those are still kind of rare. 
uh, and they probably still will be because you know of how much effort they take to create and uh, they you know it's always like finding the balance of how do you produce these things in a way that uh, you know that's sort of sustainable but that's also nice because uh, we re it's, it, it really does take a lot of uh, love and an effort to make something like this and it's not just sort of you know taking something existing and adding some experiences to it so mm -hmm. there you know i certainly we, we definitely hope that there are you know more and more companies uh you know putting real immersive shows on but uh it really you know it takes a lot of commitment it's not for the faint of heart <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. no yeah well we're still in covid and those and we're still having issues issues with that how are, how are you guys handling uh the covid situation and how should people come and show up like how should they prepare for something like this yeah, we are, uh, the, because of the nature of this show, you know, it is immersive, uh, knowing that you're going to be in close contact with people. We knew we couldn't mount it without taking every single precaution um, needed. And uh, we actually do have a, a, a licensed nurse practitioner on staff who has been uh, there to uh, guide us as the, you know, the CDC uh, uh, with the guidelines, um, but also that we ask... <laughs> Everyone also for for the sake of the actors protecting the actors as well that everyone that buys a ticket is uh, fully vaccinated and also boosted so we're um, And audience members also wear masks during the show the actors don't because you know that you need to see their faces. Uh, and also our, our actors um, are we do rapid tests uh, before every performance to ensure that we are being as safe as possible, and if we were not, we would not do the show because that wouldn't be a smart thing to do. <laughs> Um, as, as far as the direction is concerned, who, who was the director on this? Did one of who did one of you direct this show? I did. You yeah, direct, I, did, directed. I directed it. Yeah, with um, my colleague and very very good friend Shoshana Ruth Green, um, who's done a lot of uh, like oh, she's done fight shows and and uh, puppets and uh, Renaissance theater. Yeah, so this was right up her jam when I was like. Hey, you want to make this magical fairy world come to life with me? Uh, and yeah, it's 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 been it's been <laughs> really really fun. Um, oh my gosh, just listening to both of you, it just sounds like each project is like uh, yeah, a lot of investment, like your whole life, like being invested in putting this on if you wanted to get it done. Um, what is as far as um, what what was a a challenge as far as the direction of this specific play, dragon, the dragon play, was it really challenging uh, compared to other things you've produced or directed before? Um, yeah, I would say, because uh, we've done more um, uh, themed, like this, because this was fantasy, you know, I knew like if we wanted to do dragons, we had to really do dragons, otherwise people would not be convinced, you know, <laughs> if you're going to do dragons, then you better really do it. Uh, but so that in that way, it was challenging to uh, not and not just accept like this is a time period or this is, you know, uh, uh, the theme of a party, but really like this is a whole new world. And how do we onboard you and, and bring you into this world quickly so you can feel comfortable and feel like you understand what's happening and then be able to fully get in and play. Um, but yeah, the biggest challenge was like, how do we bring 
dragon to life. And we tried, Nick and I, yeah, searched high and low for different places to, <laughs> to how to create this dragon experience. And luckily, yeah, we figured out something that if you come to the show, I think you will uh, enjoy it. <laughs> Yeah, in terms of the logistics, that this was definitely the most design-heavy show that we've ever done because we did have to build an entire world. We couldn't just sort of, I mean, it was it was challenging to, to build other worlds that we've done, but they, you know, for example, in Safehouse 77, you know, we gathered up as much stuff as we could find from the 70s to really outfit a house to look like it was 1977, but that's a very specific reference. You know, you can look at photos, you can... Uh, watch movies there you know there's all kinds of like actual things if, if you just put together you'll basically have that but for, you know when you're creating your own world and you have to populate it it's so much more involved and and caitlin really ha you know had amazingly specific ideas for how everything would be built and designed and was able to communicate those to a, a huge team of designers and builders and really uh get uh these elements and spaces and stuff created out of what was in her brain. And I think that's, it was definitely, you know, a challenge in, in terms of actually getting it done, but it's, uh, it was definitely worth it. Yes. We are running uh, Fridays and Saturdays through uh, February 19th currently, and uh, you can get tickets at spybrunch.com slash dragon show with hyphen in between. Uh, and we are on all social media at spybrunch. Uh, and yeah, uh, tickets are still available. Uh, they're going fast. So uh, please come see us. As Caitlin said, we're being as safe as we can and we'd love to have you.